Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hi, this is Will Hawkins and Headliner Magazine at NAM 2022 in Anaheim. And today I am talking to an incredibly talented singer-songwriter, Boston-bred, LA-based Kong with a period. Welcome to the show, Kong. Yo, yo, what's up, Will? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just so thrilled to be back after everything being closed. It's Absolutely. been over two years since being at the last NAM. And just like some sense of normalcy coming back. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you spend the pandemic? Were you making music? Were you locked down? What were you up to? I I um I went through some personal stuff. I actually was home in Boston, and then um, unrelated, right around the time the pandemic hit, my father passed. So I was home for a couple months, or I was you know like with him, you know, and all that. So it was a very emotional time for me, <clears throat> and at the same time sort of this flourishing moment as far as the opportunities. I was doing a lot of work with Fox Network at the time, and they hired us, uh, like, almost immediately in April to do a songwriting camp, which was really, really awesome. And then I started working with a company called Audio Network, and we did another record. We did a record for them. And at the same time, we were writing all these tunes and recording tons and tons of music, and I was working from home, working out of Boston, recording with different people, just like this whole flash of things that I had dreamt of doing maybe, but like you had no choice all of a sudden. So it was a very, it was like this, it was a very interesting time because it was this personal tragedy, but then professionally, it sort of like uh, gave birth to a lot of things that I'm doing now. I can commiserate with that. I lost my mom a couple of years ago too, prior to, um, yeah, I'm sorry. so I'm sorry to hear about your loss too. Thanks, man. What kind of musical influence was your father on you? Well, my dad would, uh, He'd give me a lot of shit. You know, he's an Irish Boston guy, plumber. Um, and, uh, but one thing that he said that was very true, which was like, he's like, you got your voice from me. And, I'm, you know, because he used to walk around the house crooning all the time. He had right. a very deep voice. He wasn't a singer, but yet he would sing songs and make up lyrics to songs and just walk around with the singing like this and this low, deep thing. So um, I really attest a lot of that. And also just growing up, I was, my father was sick at a very young age. Okay. So growing up, one of the first songs I ever wrote was about that. And so, and so he's been such an influence on the style or the, the way that I create music and where I create it from, like the need. Right. You know, was there a conflict between your father and you as far as music concerned or was it? Well, I don't think he really understood, um, what I was doing, you know, my sister had this great voice and when we were growing up and they were like, you play bass though. And you, you know, you play saxophone, you know, like your sister's a singer. And I was like, no, I'm going to be a singer. And I, a mentor of mine, a music mentor who actually is the reason why I'm in LA today, since I was eight, her name's Lisa Pimentel. Um, your, your old music teacher. Yeah. 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 She brought me in. She got signed to Warner's wow. when I was 17. My band was playing with her band. But I was like 13 and I was like, hey, Lisa, what do you think of this? You know, and she's like, you got a great tone. <laughs> yeah. I love your timbre. Keep working at it. Yeah. And um, so I did. And then, but my, my parents always like helped me and they supported me to be a musician in the sense, but also blue collar roots means you got to have a job. So right. I, I went to college, I studied music, I came out and I was teaching. Um, and I had, I got signed in college to an indie out in Massachusetts and I was on the radio a bit out there. I don't know if I remember BRU. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was a radio station out of Rhode Island that really, really helped us a lot. And, um, and basically, you know, but then I had to go and move to LA and that was sort of, I was like, you know, that early 20s thing. And, um, and so that, you know, it's just, 
it was tough. I think my dad, you know, he was struggling with his life as well, like, you know, yeah. health. And so I always wanted to be closer, and he wanted me to be closer and stuff, too. But he also, you know, before he passed, I feel this very, like, so blessed because uh, a couple years leading up, he would tell me, I'm so I'm proud of you. Like, you did it. Right. You know, you really are out there, and you're working, and you're making money as a musician, and you're supporting yourself. And he's like, you know, I'm, he was just really proud of me. And that was, that's kind of like what we do it all for in a sense you know, right a lot of us at least, you know and what a gift to finally get there you know it's i'm the son of an irish cop and oh, i had wow, a, yeah. i had a similar experience but it's uh and there was some conflict there too but for you to be able to like to finally hear from your father hey man i'm proud of what yeah. you're doing that must have been really amazing it was yeah and and right before he passed he was like i, I want you to make it that's I really amazing. want you to make Dude, it. Dude, that's Keep working. So... I really want you to make it. And so I still, like, he's he's the reason I, I feel like I had to write music in the beginning. Right. And he's still one of these big reasons. And my mom, too. I, I love yeah. her to death. You know, she's like the angel woman who was like, you're amazing. Everything you do is amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I My mom and dad are similar, and I used to joke, like, if I was a serial killer, my mother would be like, oh, my God, he's the best serial he's killer. Best serial. No one's ever going to catch him. He's amazing. <laughs> and, then if I, and then if I was president, my father would be like, yeah. Yeah, but you're a Democrat, you know. Yeah, like you always had the problem. <laughs> always, always. Yeah, and it's like how you know my mom's. I don't know about your family, but my mom's Jewish. And, oh, okay. And like um, Polish, and I think that there's like this goofy, funny, like very, very loving thing, and just the way that she has it. Also, a fear and neuroses, but you know, and the, the love that comes from that other side is kind of more critical and the Irish Catholic. And, but it also that those together molded me in a really interesting way, which is why I even call it congregation today because it's spiritual like i had a journey as a young kid from this religion to that religion and started learning others and you know and, and so for me this all is also very spiritual you know yeah i'm i'm glad you said that because i spent the week listening to your music Which and it's so cool by and, way. I really and that. that's what i got from it i i was I, we talked before we started when I first saw you I was like ah, I don't like this guy because he reminded <laughs> me so much of what of like what I'm trying to do yeah. and we talked about some of the things that you're like yeah I heard this guy doing something and I was like I wish I came up with that first yeah, yeah. It, it, but it's but the more I listened to it and the more I watched you the more I got over my own bullshit and I really started hearing what you were doing and the power and the optimism and it's like it's like going to church it's like your songs this and the call and responses and the songs mm -hmm. and it's really hard for me to kind of even categorize what you do because there's some there's some real heavy pop that's there mm -hmm. but then there's some soul and there's some blues and you you really did a wonderful job weaving that all together to create your own sound and it's like the kong sound and Thanks, it's man. i think you do an amazing job with it and i can't imagine like with a band and seeing you live i can't imagine like how powerful that experience must be too dude thanks man yeah I, mean, I hope we get to do it again real soon yeah. you know? what what's your live experience been since things have opened up um I, we played one show in february uh it was the first show in like three years the one before that i opened up for fits in the tantrums nice and that was when ben and i started really working together around that time and yeah. then there's a lot of some of those influences that you're talking about are also from working with my 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 buddy ben epan who is um you know a, a main collaborator of mine and bringing in some of these other pop elements and things like one of the songs you know that i started writing i was like i was you know i was like i don't know i think it's a little too poppy and he's like, dude, so it's good though. It's just good. And then it turned into this very soulful tune, make a change. Yeah. And um 
and then Don Diablo loved it, and and so we we finished it up with him, and you know finished writing it with him and stuff, and it was just like, you know, sort of learning to to just lean into what feels right and not yeah. be so not have the parameter of, of genre necessarily, but yeah, and the experience of playing live, man, it was uh, a four piece. I just sang. A lot of times I play different instruments, or I yeah. play bass the whole time. I just sang. We had tracks. It was. It was like it was this massive feeling, yeah. you know. I mean, uh, and it was such a good feeling to like let loose and just dance and move, you know, and and and, uh, and get all those people just singing along and stuff too. You know, that call response thing is so important. What were some of your influences, come, like growing up? What was the music that was in your house when you were teenager? By the records, uh, Queen Greatest Hits was one of my favorite records, and my sister and I would like grow up and like do dances and stuff to yeah. it. Uh, the Doors, uh, huge record for me growing up. Yeah, like um, the Doors, the Doors. Yeah, um, and then a lot of jazz, um, a lot of like uh, different soul and R and B stuff. I mean, Miles Davis or yeah. Brown stuff like that. Um, you know, and then a lot of Latin music as well. Um, my my mom's had a very close friend. We called him Uncle Phil. He was he wasn't our uncle, but you know he was uh, Uncle Phil and Uncle Larry. And um, they were they were married, and and they were I mean, Uncle Phil was Puerto Rican. So I like learned a salsa and merengue. They're kind of young. That's and, great. And then growing up in a very diverse community, you know, I, I just I think I just. I've been to gospel churches. I've been to I've been to temple. I've been to you know and uh, Christian church, Catholic church. You know, so I think some of that all seeped in, and also the musical influences around those cultures. You know, and I kind of feel like that's sort of where it, it hits home for me. It's like little pieces of those that really resonated along the way. And growing up in Boston, what a great music town! Uh, what were some of the venues that you saw early music with? Um, I mean, saw music Bill's Bar. Um, I remember this one show randomly like the Pilfers yeah um, we were in the ska a lot when yeah. I was in high school um, and then like just the BCN River Rave at, it, I don't even know what it's called now the, it was called the Tweeter Center yeah right uh, now I don't even it's called the Comcast Xfinity Center maybe <laughs> amazing amazing place you know they have the lawn and um, so that was like a, the, one of the big venues and the Avalon out there too, which right. is now the house of blues, I believe. Okay. Um, but was a very special, very just fun, dirty punk rock venue. And then in Worcester, I don't know if you yeah. know the Palladium, uh-huh. uh, playing there a couple times and then seeing bands on that same stage, like anti-flag on that, on that small stage upstairs and just this, and just very, um, tight knit community of people that were also trying to do something positive, you know, or speaking out about injustices and right. things. That's always been sort of a, a crux of like what is in my heart, you know. Let's talk a little bit about the production because what I've heard from you, it's so dynamic. It's so powerful. Where do you start? You bring a song and is the song completed? Are you work, still working on it in the studio as you're recording? What's your process? Um, you know, it used to be write songs uh bring them in finish to a producer and then start kind of you know uh, elaborating on it right um but over the last few years it's been take ideas bring them in to people that you love and that you want to collaborate with right. producers like different people and it's like it's been so um it's been a really amazing experience honestly like, i feel like um, I, I, like I'll, I could struggle one of my songs, Pray On Me, that, that's out. Um, 
I wrote it and it was in the key of E minor and you know I performed it a couple times and then like I was like I gotta rewrite this thing it doesn't feel right still and I, I changed the key and then a friend of mine found this amazing piano part and like eventually I produced it but it was like a three year process of trying to figure out what this song is that was yeah. kind of about me and my ex-girlfriend who was she was very Catholic and I'm like this kind of spiritual musician and her family's very Catholic and the struggle of being like Jewish also and then you know that whole thing right. so um, but some of these things now it's so crazy it's like I'll have this idea and I'll struggle with it and I'll, but I'll be like I know if I bring it to these people and work with them they're going to help me get that thing out that I've been looking to find right so um, it's kind of I mean I feel like I'm blessed if, if I can if I can pump out a song in you know by myself completely from start to finish I'm like that's a great song it feels like almost like uh, the universe working through me right otherwise I think it's it's like having that feeling and figuring out what to say and then trying to match the production to say those same things right. as well. In your journey to collaborate more, was there a feeling that you had to relinquish control of a song? Was there ever a time that you felt that that was an impediment in order to collaborate? Definitely. Definitely been a struggle. I think, um, you know, sometimes someone's very passionate about one way of things. Right. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds really good, but I was thinking this. Right. And so um, sometimes they things get kind of like left alone for a while and then they come back later. Sometimes like I've gotten better, I think, at like just bringing notes into the room and yeah. like, you know, and sending them out and let's try this. Can we try that? And being more vocal about like what I'm looking for. Right. Um, but I got to say, I, I've worked with a lot of different very talented producers and other co-writers and... Um, so I, I kind of feel like uh, I'm very fortunate to get a lot of great stuff out of them, yeah. and they sort of get into my mind, and which is, which is cool. I think it used to be like, oh, I know what to do with you, versus now it's almost like, uh, like what do you, oh how so how would you do this right? And so is that sort of coming into play a little bit more, which is really cool. I struggle with it too, and one of the ways I try to deal with it is like, look, I, I've got this idea in my head. Let me just hear that first. Let me just get, let's just get what's in my head. Mm -hmm. And then like, okay, now that we got it, we go, we go to another track and let's try something else. Right, right. But if I feel that if I get, if I leave the studio and I didn't, and I didn't push it enough to be able to hear what I first heard. And many times it's not, but it doesn't end up getting used, but just to satisfy my own curiosity I kind of push it. I'm like, let me just get what I need. Mm -hmm. And then, then I'm like, okay, what is, what do you got? Like knock yourself out. Let's like, let's, let's explore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of times you, there's some idea you want to try and then you're like, no, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. And you, you know, know and like, you, oh, I thought that was going to be fucking so cool. Sorry. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but, um, you know, it's, it, yeah, sometimes, but then, uh, but then sometimes you can't get that idea that you're like, but can we just try this? No, yeah. like, can we, hey, let's try it. And then eventually either it doesn't matter because the song just feels right, right or you're like, can we still go back and do that thing? And it's that sort of thing that makes something special, you know? So I almost feel like one thing I'm trying to learn <clears throat> is just continuously tapping into my intuition. Right. If it keeps coming up in my head, it keeps coming like, and I keep thinking of it. I'm like, okay, there's, I gotta, I gotta do something about that. Yeah. You know, there's a song I was working on called Underdog. I started writing with a friend and all of a sudden I was singing the main melody, like walking to the liquor store or walking back from walking my dog and like random times. I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's that song. Like, and eventually I brought it into a couple producers and like, we've now started and it's, 
gotten so much. It's just like, I was like, wow, there really was something there. And I'm glad I didn't just like ignore that intuition. Yeah. You know, what do you have planned coming up? What's like, what's next for you? <clears throat> well, um, I'm, I'm in the process of signing a record deal right now. Okay. Um, and, uh, and so that's exciting. And basically it's kind of just like, we're ready to go. We've got the six songs for the first EP figured out one of two songs for the first single. We've got the three singles kind of figured out already. Yeah. So now it's starting to build, um, you know, the, the visual concepts behind it all Yeah. and, and the message behind it all and everything. And so that's really exciting because I released like eight or nine songs last year. You know, one was with a company. It was like a sync record that we did for a company. Super cool record. Yeah. It's being used a bunch. It's really awesome. And it was so great of an experience. British company actually too, Audio Network. And, um, but, um, and then we had the Don Diablo song come out and then we had a cover of Billy Eilish's Bad yeah. Guy. And then we had another song that we had in a, in some NFL stuff that we released on our own. But this is kind of like the first time in a while that I feel like we're teaming up with the right partners and we're going to really like blast this thing off. Um, obviously, Don has his own amazing, you know, career. And so we're very fortunate to be on his album and be featured on New Music Friday for that. Yeah. Um, but as far as yeah, doing our own stuff. And we also have someone that continuously like the whole team is really cool. Like they continuously bring me back to like the congregation, this outlaw vibe that I right. kind of have and this blue collar vibe and they're like and the spiritualized and they're they're not afraid of it and they love it and they're not trying to make me anything else they're right. trying to take me and bring it to the world so so just figuring out how to roll that out I think over the next like year or so with all these different tunes and I did pick that up in like on your social media and your videos but mm -hmm. sitting across from you and talking to you you're the sweetest guy oh thanks you know it's just like I can be a little scary looking <laughs> on social media like I'm a big dude but you're like <laughs> but you're a big teddy bear you yeah. know oh, so yeah. like you come like the, the pictures in the videos are like I'm gonna be like hey man how's it going it's like but uh, over the last week and spending time with you today I've become a big fan thanks so Thank I just think will. what you're doing is really amazing and it's very singular it's like you've got different types of influences but what you do is only you and I think that's, it's rare that you see people being able to make this stew of influences and then make it their own. And I, I just think what you're doing is fantastic. Dude, and thank I'm you so much. I'm a massive fan thank right you. now. I really, really appreciate that. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. Of course, yes. Uh, we're here in the JBL booth at NAM, And my name is Will Hawkins, and this has been Headlighter Radio, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much, Kong. Thanks. Have a good one, Will. Thank you, JBL and Headliner. Headliner Radio. Supporting the creative community.